0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, welcome in. It's an emergency edition of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. It's just me right now, Patrick Allen, because, uh, you know, we got to scramble when these things happen. And so we're scrambling for you guys. We're going to let everybody get in. If you are just joining us and you're not aware of why we are going live right now, the Kansas City Chiefs. Have reportedly signed, or will sign, free agent wide receiver, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster. To, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a one-year contract, about $10 million and some change, according to Field Yates. That's right. Uh, one-year, $10.75 million deal. We're going to let people get in here. We're going to get this thing going. I'm on my own here, one signing, so we're going to need you guys to back my play, send in your questions. What do you want to know about this uh, situation? How it impacts the chief, the Chiefs? I want to hear everything from you guys as we sort of dig in here on this signing. I know we've all been kind of sitting here, like uh, what's that meme? It's like a guy with a stick, and he's like he's just like sticking something with it, and he's like do something, do something. I feel like that's what the Kansas City Chiefs have been like. The last uh, Chiefs fans have been like the last couple of uh, days here as we went into free agency. So all of this kind of broke about, uh, about 25 or six minutes ago, somewhere around there. Um, and Juju actually is the one who broke this tweeted, uh, I believe hashtag chief's kingdom. Let's go. That was pretty definitive. Um, but we did get confirmation from, like I said, the likes of field Yates. He came in with the, Details of the contract he was backed up by adam schefter who retweeted that as well um mr toes welcome uh well mike and sweden my guy appreciate you thanks for the info welcome to wide receiver two very interesting yeah that's a good that's a good contract gonzo says the signing makes up makes up for us um mr toes says juju fits the ideal wide receiver role in the nfl wide receiver two role um, and he's a, in a perfect situation to maximize his ability. Uh, I, think, I think that that's the case. Um, you know, look, and I, I say, all right, you know, Tim Hall says, great move, now needs some edge. Yeah, absolutely, the Chiefs do need edge. I think this tells us, we're going to get into Juju in just a second, but I think this tells us a, a few things about the Chiefs' approach to fixing their defensive line issues, and it seems like now that they've made this move, and, and the, the fact that they decided to restructure and bring back Frank Clark, that they're maybe going to attend to this in the draft. Now, that doesn't mean that the, we should rule out a trade for a veteran pass rusher or something along those lines. There are still a few guys out there. Zadarius Smith, of course, is still out there. If the Chiefs can make the cap numbers work, I think everybody would be feeling a lot better if all of a sudden they had Zadarius Smith locked up. Uh, to play opposite of of Frank Clark. And then they also now have Juju Smith-Schuster to bolster their wide receiver core. We're going to have to see. Tim Hall has a question. Um, Tim Hall says, question, Patrick, what's your opinion on why we have such a hard time getting free agents? Well, I don't know that the Chiefs do. I mean, listen, a big part of this is money. I I think a lot of guys want to come to Kansas City, play with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, play for a coach like Andy Reid, who's beloved across the NFL. All of these things factor into it. But at the end of the day, Free agency for these guys, you know. Look, every player is different, right? But free agency for these guys is a really big opportunity. Now, remember, it's not like you and me where we can go out and we can get another job anytime we want. They get drafted, most of them, into the NFL. They don't get to choose where they want to play. There's a rookie salary cap structure or rookie rookie contract structure in place so there's they're limited in how much they can make when they come into the nfl even if they're a first round pick or an early first round pick and so to get to free agency they work really hard a lot of guys want this opportunity because if they can get to free agency if they if they play very well and they hit the market um they get they get a chance to have teams fighting over them and and you know you guys all understand supply and demand it drives up the price so the chiefs are in a position where you're paying Half a mil- half a billion dollars to Patrick Mahomes. You're paying Travis Kelsey. You got to pay Tyree Hill. You're paying Chris Jones. Um, they were paying Tyron Matthew. They have a lot of guys that they have to, to pay. And so I think oftentimes they're just getting outbid. They they want guys, and you know it'd be great if all these players wanted to come to Kansas City to play on a discount because they have a chance to to win a Super Bowl. But how many times have we seen really good players go to really crappy teams, go to situations that probably aren't best for them? Um, and again there's a lot of reasons why guys do things juju last year the chiefs were interested in him and it was reported that they offered more money than the pittsburgh steelers and juju for his own reasons went back to pittsburgh and i think we as chiefs fans we were all sitting here going what are you doing man like roethlisberger's toast you're not gonna be able to win a championship there this year there's a lot of competition with the other wide receivers on the roster and you were being offered more money in kansas city so you know, it's uh, I don't know that the Chiefs necessarily have a hard time signing free agents because free agents don't want to come to Kansas City. But there are definitely some some uh, some circumstances that are beyond Kansas City's control. So they have to do the best that they can. Um, seeing uh, Gary H says, Patrick, what's your opinion of what the Raiders have done with their free agent signings? I like what the Raiders are doing. Uh, they've got to do something here. Um Look, I, would I have given up all of those draft picks uh, to get Devonte Adams. No, um, he's a great receiver, absolutely fantastic. But I understand where they're coming from in that they've got the worst quarterback in the division right now, and he's you know he doesn't have a lot of great wide receiving options. Hunter Renfro is really excellent, and then they've got the tight end. But like in uh, Waller, but you know they've got to they've got to put up points. Like they're going to have to score points in a division with, with Mahomes and, and Herbert and Russell Wilson. So, um, I, you know, I, I'd rather get a quarterback if I'm the Raiders, but you know, respect to Derek Carr. He's a very fine quarterback. Um, it's just going to be hard for them. And of course Adams is, I believe 29 years old. So don't absolutely love that, but I appreciate aggressiveness with these teams. I, I don't like the whole, we'll wait until tomorrow. We got a plan for down the line. You got to try to win now and do what you can to win. Now you don't want to mortgage the future. Um, but that's, I think, what the Raiders are trying to do right now is, is they got to compete in this AFC West. And as their roster stood, especially after losing their deep threat and Henry Ruggs, um, that wasn't going to happen. So let's talk a little bit more about Juju and who Juju is. I know there's a, a large contingent, <clears throat> pardon me, and, and Chiefs fans out there who are not especially thrilled or excited about the idea of Juju. Juju. I think a lot of people would have rather had Allen Robinson or, or you know some of the other wide receivers that are out there. But look, here's the thing about Juju Smith Schuster that I, I want to remind everybody. He's 25 years old. His birthday is in November. So he's 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 gonna be 25 for most of next season. He's 6'1, 215. Got a little bit of size, nothing crazy. He's got about, you know, an inch on me. Um, and he has played in the past very, very well and 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 has done some nice work out of the slot. So you probably all remember he hit the scene with Pittsburgh in 2017. Uh, he played in 14 games. He got 58 balls on 80 targets, 917 yards. That was an, a 15.8-yard average and seven touchdowns. He had a long of 97. Now, for a rookie, I think we can all agree that's absolutely fantastic. 2018, 111 receptions, 166 targets. They, they were throwing the ball a ton in Pittsburgh back then. 1,426 yards. His average dropped a little bit, 12.8. Um, but, you know, those things are to be expected while well, the teams know uh, what you are and, and they're defending you a little bit differently. Again, seven touchdowns. Again, a 97-yard touchdown pass. Um, and, and it helped convert 68 uh, receiving first downs in 2018. And that's the, that's where things went a little sideways. Had some injury issues. 2019, only placed 12 games only targeted 70 times for 42 receiving yards, or sorry, 42 receptions, 70 targets, only 552 yards, 13 average, three touchdowns, had a 76 yard reception. 2020, 16 games, 97 receptions on 128 targets. So he he sees his targets go dramatically back up, but his average drops significantly to 8.6 yards per reception. He still scores nine touchdowns, uh, converts 48 first downs. And then last year uh, was injured, came back late, um, 28 targets on the year. I mean, just throw out anything that happened last year, but it was very similar in the limited scope. He caught 15 balls, 8.6 average again. And so now he's coming back off a major injury. So this is actually a great, I think a great signing for the Chiefs because I don't think that, Juju Smith-Schuster just stopped being good at football after 2018. Maybe he could have played better. Sure. But what do we know happened to Ben Roethlisberger? He was clearly deteriorating. His deep ball was deteriorating. He, he, he he's, was not the same quarterback. Couldn't, you know, we, we've been joking on this podcast that he throws these, or he was throwing these helium balls. And that hurts a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. Now there are other receivers that came in too. They were eating up targets. Claypool's very good. And 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 some of them were more productive than Juju. But again, and, and as, as Scooter puts it in the chat, he was playing with the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. That's absolutely true. And look, man, like situation matters in the NFL. And when you don't have a quarterback who is able to get you the ball, that's a problem, and that's going to hurt anybody's production. So look, some of it's on Juju. He, he, you know, like I said, other receivers did produce in that system. But it's not like complete garbage, by the way. I mean, you know, 831 yards from a receiver and nine touchdowns. Like, if you're getting that from your second wide receiver, if you're Kansas City, are you are you guys – and let me know in the chat. Are you happy with that? If Juju comes to Kansas City next year and he catches 97 balls, so he's not getting a lot of deep yardage, he averages 8.6 yards per, per reception, but he gets 97 catches and he has 831 yards and nine touchdowns as the third receiving option in the offense, would you be happy with that? Let me know in the chat. Um, I think he could do better than that in this offense because he's going to be playing with Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey. And again, that's the other thing I, I often hear the criticism of Juju is well, as soon as they lost Antonio Brown, his numbers went out the window. I don't think that's number one. I don't necessarily think that's fair, but number two he's going to be gaining Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey. So if your argument is that Juju can only have a 1400 yard receiving season when he has a marquee, number one wide receiver, future potential future hall of famer opposite of him, that's what he's going to have in Kansas city. Oh, and by the way, he's going to have Travis Kelsey as well. I'm seeing some responses to my question about whether or not you'd be happy with 800 yards from him next year. Luke says, yes. Elijah says, I would take that. Nate S Absolutely. Chiefs guy, why we let Pringle go. I love Pringle. Um, I believe Pringle got $6 million on a one-year contract. So, I mean, given, given Juju's age, he's younger than Pringle. Given his past production, Pringle's never done anything remotely approaching what Juju Smith-Schuster did in 2018. So you get Juju Smith-Schuster on a one-year prove-it deal for like $4 million more. Yeah, I'm, I'm letting Pyron Pringle walk. To keep, uh, to keep some extra cap space for a guy like Juju. I like Pringle. I would have liked him to have stayed as a depth piece, but I'm happy for him. He, he did a nice job this year, and now he's going to get paid for it. Uh, Red says, why is Josh Gordon still listed on the depth chart? I, they like Josh Gordon. He, look, physically, he's a very skillful player. He was out for a long time. Hey, look, maybe he comes back next year. Now he gets a full offseason with the offense. He gets a full offseason to get in shape. I'm not saying he's going to come out there and be a major uh, impact player for the chiefs, but he is very physically talented. As we know, maybe he becomes a a red zone threat for Kansas city. They use him in certain spots, but I, I mean, I like him as a, as a depth piece, but I'm not, I'm not worried too much about what his contribution is going to be next year. Let's see what else we got. Uh, Mahomes is just more efficient, so he should be a good fit with what Mahomes needs. Yeah, I agree, Luke. Um, You know, The Chiefs need somebody else. They need somebody else that's super reliable. And as much as we like McCole Hartman, and he's put up really great numbers or good numbers in this offense as well. He's not been the steady contributor in the passing game that the Chiefs want. But now when you're thinking about the Chiefs wide receiving core, now McCole Hartman starts to look a lot better. Doesn't he? Because you have another young, quick wide receiver with him. So now you're looking at, okay, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, and I've got McColl Hardman, if I go out there with a four-wide receiver set. And that makes things really interesting, too, because I think the Chiefs are going to want to use McCole Hardman a lot more on those sweeps next year, getting the ball on bubble screens and those types of things. So, uh, and, and just what I was just going to get to, Joshua points out Juju is a good blocker as well uh, for those shallow drags to Hill and Hardman. That's absolutely right the way that the teams are playing the chiefs right now with these shell coverages, dropping everybody back, they need to run a lot of drag routes and slants and those types of things. <clears throat> Pardon me. And they need one very precise throws from Patrick Mahomes a separation, but then they need those guys to be able to block for them so they can take those shorter catches and turn them into big gains. Um, uh, Dijon two says having a legit wide receiver two opens things up for Hardman and Kelsey. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like nobody else on the Chiefs from a from a wideout standpoint or a receiver standpoint probably scared defenses. They were certainly aware of McCole Hardman's speed and wanted to account for that, but they weren't worried about putting somebody on him one-on-one in those situations. You know, it's a pick your poison when you're playing a team like the Kansas City Chiefs and they've got all these weapons. So you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, man, like I'm going to worry about Tyreek Hill. I'm going to take him away deep we're going to try to get real rough and physical with Travis Kelsey and and take away the middle of the field and we'll just we'll just play man with uh with those other guys. We're not worried about them. So, a good route runner, a um, quick guy and he can he, you know, he can scoop. So, that's what you need if you're but the, what you really need is consistency as well. Now, look. This is a prove it deal for Juju Smith-Schuster. Make no mistake about that. This is a guy who has two really nice seasons two mediocre seasons and one season 2021. Like I said, I'm I'm throwing that out. I, I I don't think that it's, you know, because of the injury and, and Roethlisberger was just absolutely terrible last year and wasn't, wasn't going to be much help to anybody. So two good seasons, uh, one very good season. I mean, 111 balls for, for, for 1,426 yards is absolutely incredible. Um, So, but he has some things to prove and he got a nice deal that's reflective of his skill set and talent and what he's done in the past, but it was going to be harder for him to get a big deal for a team to want to commit to him because he hasn't performed at that level in so long. I think it's a really great opportunity for him to get into an offense where they're going to throw the ball a ton with the best quarterback in the league and with other really great established weapons that teams have to worry about on the other side. So for Juju, that may mean I go to Kansas city for a year. I ball out. I catch 97 balls for a thousand yards. And, you know, I don't know, six, seven touchdowns. Maybe he gets 10 touchdowns. I don't know. And I'm going to be a free agent again, and I can hit the market and I'm going to get paid and I'm going to get a long-term contract because guess what? A he'll be at the end of next season. He'll be 26 years old. Having just turned 26 in November, potentially coming off one of his better seasons, he's going to get paid. Um, Chiefs guy says Gordon is fat and slow. <clears throat> yeah, I mean he he looked a little. He's a big guy. Oh, um, you know from a physique standpoint, he did look a little big last year. Um, he, he hadn't played football for forever. It, it's just it takes time to get back into that kind of shape to learn the offense, all of those types of things. His hands were not good last year. Right. So those kinds of reps, he's not getting them as much as he'd probably like in practice. He's missed out on training camp. So let's see with Gordon. Again, Verderham gets really mad whenever we bring up uh, Josh Gordon just because he's like, you know, he just guy's done nothing in years. And that's true. I, you know, I I spend not too much time worried about Josh Gordon as well. If anything happens with him, that would be whipped cream on your Sunday, the cherry on top, an absolutely pleasant surprise. But um, the Chiefs need younger guys. The, and, and preferably some guys that they can control um so let's see what's going on in the chat and of course i just have to mention this can this is the kids City cheese podcast from arrowhead Attic. my name is patrick allen we are brought to you by our friends at the kansas city beer company at casey beer co on twitter you can see three of the bottles over my shoulder here they're absolutely incredible i wish i could crack one open but i rushed in here um, so I'm too far away from the refrigerator but uh, the largest independent brewery in Kansas City German style beers uh, but they're all absolutely fantastic Dunkel, I really appreciate it. love that one somebody was just hitting me up on Twitter the other day and uh, check out their Pure Pills if you're washing down some barbecue that's my go-to absolutely fantastic beer and we thank our friends over at KC Beer Co for sponsoring this podcast hit them up on Twitter at KC Beer Co. let them know you heard about them on the Arrowhead Addict Emergency Podcast uh, Christian says, what happened to Cornell Powell? Cornell, you know, uh, ended up on the practice squad last year. He was raw. He wasn't ready. He's a guy that's going to be able to come in and compete. So like when people are asking, well, what happened to, why do we let Byron Pringle go? Look, you you drafted Cornell Powell. Like try to develop this guy. He's young. He's cheap. Bring him into training camp and see if he can make the team. You've got some nice developmental uh, prospects there, right? You've got uh, Jody Fortson you get um, uh fountain. So there's some, the chiefs have some guys there that have flashed that, that could fill in the back end of that receiving core. Uh, uh, let's see, Patrick, why do you look like 30 years older than your Twitter profile pic? Caleb, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. I was having a good day that day. I don't, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I've, I've got a little scruff going on. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the glasses. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the chiefs, you know, seeing them lose a super bowl and, and going through last season, maybe it's uh, prematurely aged me or, or I should just start wearing makeup. I don't know. Um, uh, Mike in Sweden says, wish we could get the cheese in Sweden. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, man. Um, oh, appreciate you, Odella, for the super chat. Um, can we not guarantee more money for for Patrick in light of the Deshaun contract? Um Patrick's going to be, he's going to be okay. I, I haven't uh, seen the numbers on the Deshaun Watson contract. He is of course going to the Browns. If you missed that, it sounds like he's waived his no trade clause. He had said he didn't want to go to Cleveland, that Cleveland was out and then Carolina was out and it was uh, between um, that, the saints and I forget the other team that was in for him, but it doesn't matter. Cause it sounds like he wants to go to, to the Cleveland Browns. So Baker Mayfield's going to be on the move. He could end up who knows where um, its it's going to be, absolutely crazy um Seattle needs a quarterback so we'll see what happens there um people are talking about a cornerback uh so no more Dieter hey man Dieter's Dieter's hanging around god bless him you know he maybe he maybe he hangs around for a little while um that's a PR nightmare for Cleveland yeah not good not not good not not wouldn't be my first choice of a person to be bringing in to the to the community um bad bad news um uh Christian says five years, 230, I heard, but not showing the guaranteed money. Look, Pat's going to get paid. He's going to get paid a ton. They're going to keep converting his his, his base salary and dining bonuses and spreading it out across that long-term contract. He'll get paid at the end, and at some point the cap will go out, go up a, a tremendous amount. They'll be able to restructure. Uh, Luke asked, why did we release Ward, Traverius uh, Ward? They didn't release him, Luke. He was a free agent. They just didn't re-sign him. He got a deal in San Francisco that was probably just a little bit too rich for the Chiefs, um, and and so they decided to to move on. That's a big hole for the Chiefs now uh, with with the cornerback. Rashad Fenton's a very good cornerback. Obviously, Le- LeJarius Sneed is excellent. They brought back DeAndre Baker, but the Chiefs have some holes now on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Re- uh, Red says word got overpaid by the 49ers. You know, it's all in the eye of the beholder. How much cap space do you have? He's a really solid corner. Maybe he got a little bit more than uh, some teams would be willing to pay for him. But again, it, de- it depends on how much you how much you have to pay. And sometimes if you've got a little bit of extra, you're willing to overpay for something. Uh, that's that whole supply and demand thing, right? Um, you know, you need a corner. Here's one out here that you know is reliable. Maybe you got to pay a premium for it because you can't afford to wait for a rookie to get into where you need them. Because look, the San Francisco 49ers, they're trying to win a Super Bowl too. They've been right there last few years when they haven't had all the injuries. So um, Chiefs guy says, do you think Patrick Peterson is an option? Sure, of course. Um, But as a depth piece, he's definitely getting up there. If I could get him, you know, four years ago, that would be much more preferable. I'm not sure what the Chiefs are going to do with corner. I got to be honest with you guys. I really think they need more depth there and they need more solid veteran help. So we'll see how that all plays out. But I'm starting to think more and more, unless they can get Zedarius, that the Chiefs are looking to the draft. It is very deep in edge rushers. So there are going to be guys on the board that the Chiefs should be able to snag at the end of the first round or if they wanted to move up a little bit. Remember, the Chiefs have some ammunition. Um, polls signing with the Bears because of some of the de- uh, d- diversity um, initiatives that the NFL has. The Chiefs were awarded, I believe, two third round picks for his signing to be the GM of the Bears. They get one, uh, you know, compensatory picks. At the end of the third round this year, and another one next year. Those, those. It used to be you couldn't trade those picks. Now you can. So I think the Chiefs have nine. Correct me if I'm wrong out there, but I think they've got like nine picks going into this draft. So you know, if they wanted to move up a little bit in the first round, say like they want to move up ten spots or something like that, they definitely have the ammo to do it. If they want to get their guy, uh, I think that's they. They've got holes to fill, but they don't have that many holes to fill. So I'm okay with them making a move like that and getting some, some young talent in there. Chiefs guy says, I want Justin Houston back. Played pretty well. He's played pretty well. Um, we'll see what's going on with him. Sneed is only going to improve red. I agree with you coming into the third year. I'm really uh, excited to see how he plays this year. Um, is Josh Kando, Katie Hawk, is Josh Kendo ready to be a starter? I I have no idea. I mean, I, and I don't think there's any way for any of us to know that only the chiefs coaching staff can know that didn't play a whole ton last year, but, Look, they drafted him for a reason. And, and that's one thing, too, as you think about the team coming together in free agency and as we head through the draft and, and into training camp, we have to be on the lookout for guys that they have taken or you know, guys that have been around for a while to ascend and start taking the next step. We've seen that with a few guys, that, you know, like a, a fountain last year looked like he was going to be a part of this offense and maybe a red zone threat for them. Um, guys like Rashad Fenton, who, who came along, who maybe you weren't really excited about. Traverius Ward is another great example of somebody that they got, that they developed. Um, so there are some guys that, you know, DiCaprio Boodle, right? I, I know other than his name being, being hilarious. Um, definitely my favorite name on the chiefs. Is anybody really excited about DiCaprio Boodle right now? Do you think DiCaprio Boodle is, is an option for, for the chiefs to get significant playing time? No, of course you don't. Um, you know, he doesn't look great in the preseason. The Chiefs have seen something in him. If he's a guy that's hanging around and that maybe at some point he gets the seasoning he needs. And then we see him out there making impact plays for the Chiefs. That's a big part of being a successful franchise in the NFL. It's not just getting the guys high up in the draft. And obviously you want to hit with those and, and the cap management and stuff, but where you really get these huge massive wins is when you find those diamonds in the rough that other teams missed, or you're able to develop your own guys and when, when you can do that and you can fill out the cornerback position with a guy like a Charvarius Ward for a number of seasons, you win a Super Bowl. Cornerbacks are expensive. So Brett Veach has shown a propensity to try to develop guys, try to find value guys at the cornerback position. Obviously, the Chiefs have lost Tyron Matthew, um, although he's still out there as far as I know. I haven't seen that he has signed today. Um, so, you know, that was a, that was a situation where – The Chiefs looked at their team and they said, okay, we think we can get this guy Justin Reed and we think he can come in and do a comparable job. Maybe he's not Tyron Matthew, but he's young and we think he can do a good enough job for us at that position, so we take money. Now, it was reported that Matthew wanted like, maybe he wanted around 15, 16, maybe a little bit more, million dollars per year. So the Chiefs remove a big chunk of that and they give it to Juju Smith-Schuster. So now you see the shifting priorities from, okay, like safety, we need to be good at safety, but maybe they really like the combo of, uh, of Reed back there with Juan Thornhill. And they're saying, we need to move money around from this position to this position. We need to pay edge rushers. We need to pay a wide receiver too. we We're not happy with where we're at there. Um, uh, Bearded Buddha in the chat says, um, are we going to be shallow at running back? um no I don't think so obviously look you've got Clyde Edwards a you've invested a lot in him he as we know he had a surgery last offseason lost a ton of weight just got back before training camp how much that and then of course he dealt with injuries so there's some injury concerns there there's some underwhelming play concerns there but I'm really excited to see him now with again a full training camp for the first time in like two years healthy throughout the whole offseason Hopefully he can come back and be the impact player that he was when he was a rookie. And I really like what I saw from Derek Gore this season. He really, really flashed. He seems like a really good replacement for, uh, for, for Williams back there. So like, let's see, let's see what happens at the running back position. They'll probably bring in some other veterans. There are always guys out there. I, I don't see them probably drafting anybody. I think they're they're good with a couple of the guys that they have, so we'll see what happens there. Um, by the way, I wanted to mention uh, if you like this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that, hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed, and if you want notifications for when we do these emergency podcasts, hit the bell so that you get notified when the Chiefs make a move and I come running into my office and jump on the computer. Um, that's the quickest way to know. And if you want to get more involved, in what it is we do here, myself, Matt Verderia, Matt Connor, Sterling Holmes you can look into becoming a member. All the information is in the description. If you want to become a member of the Arrowhead Attic podcast, we've got a great private discord that we hang out on. They're going nuts in there right now. I can tell you that talking about everything that's happening here. It's a great way for us to communicate directly with you. We're having a happy hour on Monday uh, for members only on the discord. It's a lot of fun. You get special badges and um, and emojis and things like that, both in the discord and on YouTube. So, so check it out and um, we'd love to see you in the happy hour. We'd love some new members. To talk about all this with in in a more uh, intimate setting, if you will. Um, All right, let's get back to it. So, uh, Joshua says a backfield of Gore, Ceh, and McKinnon could work for this team. I agree. I mean, I love the way McKinnon plays football, man. So much effort. He's out there. He blocks really well, and he just he's he's just um, it's just an effort guy. You know, he'd catch those swing passes, and and he just really put his head down and and run guys over. He's not a huge guy. I really like that kind of effort from a back. He doesn't run out of bounds. He's got something to prove. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, and um, it, 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 he's got some skills as a, as, a, as a receiving back that the Chiefs have. Now, allegedly, <laughs> so does Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If they'd ever thrown the ball, they just never have uh, have thrown them the ball very much. So we'd like to see that get going as well. Um, Charlie says, bring back Melvin Ingram. Yeah, I'd like to see Ingram come back as a depth piece. That might be not something that, that something that happens a little bit later in the uh, in the season. Melvin Ingram's probably not a guy you're, you're clamoring to get back right now. You're probably it's, this is like a, that's like an after the draft move, I would say, for this team, especially that now that they brought Frank Clark back. Um, I think that they feel pretty good about some of their interior defensive linemen. But, but Brevich did say at the NFL Combine. That the, uh, that the Chiefs would probably be making some moves along their defensive line. And the draft is a great place to do that because, again, we talk about money. The Chiefs have to be able to afford everybody. And so they can't just sign every big name free agent that hits the market. I know everyone says the salary cap is a myth, and there are some things that they can do to create space. But at the end of the day, look, it's funny, too. A lot of the same people that complain about um, – the Frank Clark contract and how it didn't work out. They also complain about the fact that Frank Clark was, uh, that, that the chiefs weren't making any free agent moves. So obviously look, it's up to Brett Veach and the team there to get these moves, right? I think they do more often than not. Frank Clark, in my opinion, worth every penny. I don't think the chiefs won the super bowl with Adam, the way that he played in the playoffs and particularly the way that he played on that final drive. When the 49ers had the ball and had a chance to take the lead, that I like—that's not a waste to me. We've got a Lombardi, and I think uh, Frank Clark deserves a lot of credit for that Lombardi. And so, if maybe some of the other years he he didn't live up the expectations—that sucks. But as our friend Brian Windhorst at ESPN is fond of saying, winning a championship means you never have to say you're sorry. Uh, looks like we got a Broncos fan or two in the in the chat. Welcome. Uh, we're always we're always here for a little good natured trolling keep it civil um people are talking about cream hunt a lot in the chat so i want to address that matt mortimer says cream hunt will never play for kc again they will not pay for running backs people that's probably true i mean i don't look it's not out of the realm of possibility that cream hunt could end up back on the Chiefs someday um you know uh mike in sweden god bless you man um uh, he says, "Think th- just a quick diversion here. Think Josh Gordon will be back just right before training camp. Yeah, he's. I believe he's on the practice squad right now. Don't hold me to that. But I believe they did re-sign him and bring him back. Um, well, I don't know if anybody's on the practice. These roster things are a little confusing at this time of year. But I believe he's under contract with the Chiefs. Um, back to Kareem Hunt. So one of the reasons that the, the Chiefs let Cream Hunt go was because, and this is by their own admission, because he lied to them about what happened in that hotel hallway. Cream Hunt was living there at the time in Cleveland, uh, got into an altercation with a woman. There's a he said, she said. Um, I, I believe uh, Hunt's camp alleged that she called him the N-word. He got very upset. He did an apology interview on ESPN. He took responsibility. Um, You can make an argument whether or not you thought he did enough in that interview with, you know, as far as apologizing, but what ended up happening in that altercation is he charged at the woman in the woman's vicinity, knocked another man into her. She fell down. He then kicked her um, not hard, but he still kicked a woman on the ground. All of that is awful, terrible. Um, And, and so, the chiefs were aware of the situation, but I don't think that they were aware of all the details because cream hunt did not make those details available to them. And when they found out that he lied to them and the videotape came out, he was cut. He moved on. I do not know what cream has been up to in Cleveland. I hope that he has gotten things together and that nothing like that ever happens again. I hope he's making the best out of a second chance. I hope the woman that he kicked is okay. First and foremost, um, as far as him coming back to Kansas City, look, man, he's a very good running back. If the Chiefs were to bring him back, he would be a huge impact player for them. But he's not going to be cheap because he's he's still very he's been a very productive player in Cleveland, even behind Nick Chubb. They've got a first round pick in um, Clyde edwards alaire So, look, I don't see it happening. I don't even know if the Browns now that the Browns have Deshaun Watson. Are, are, are they are they even going to get rid of Cream Hunt? I think they can save some money if they cut him if they want to go that route. I think they like Dearness Johnson. They tendered him, so they're they're trying to keep Dearness Johnson. He looked great, but Cream Hunt's on the I believe the last year of his contract with Cleveland. So if they can make the cap numbers work, that's been like the best one two punch running back punch in the NFL the last few years. The way that the the Browns like to play football with a lot of play action and a very strong running game with Kevin Stefanski's system. Now that they have Deshaun Watson, or they're going to have Deshaun Watson, you, you, know, you can make an argument that they're right there in the as a, a potential Super Bowl contender. So why would they want to get rid of Kareem Hunt if they can afford it when they have depth at a really quality position, and now they have a dynamic quarterback who can, who can run the football a little bit too? You know, I, I, I don't see him hitting the market, but you know, what do I know? I'm not an NFL GM, and I'm not, I'm not an expert on their particular cap situation. If he was back in Kansas City... I think we're all remembering very fondly the way the offense operated with Kareem Hunt. They passed the ball to the running back a lot more in the first season with Patrick Mahomes. They were it's super, super dynamic. Hunt led the league in rushing his rookie year. So, I mean, Hunt, the player, would I like the player, Kareem Hunt, to be back on the Chiefs? Absolutely. He's a very good running back. Is it likely? Probably not. Um, but Hey, you never say never in, in the NFL. Who would have thought that, you know, two years ago that Deshaun Watson would be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Um, let's, let's go back to the chat. Let me know what your questions are about the Juju Smith Schuster signing or anything else chiefs that I might attempt to answer. People are talking about Christian McCaffrey. He can't stay healthy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to be a chief anytime soon. Um, uh, Mike in Sweden says, Hunt ain't coming back as long as red is in, in, as the head coach, that very well may be. I, I, don't, I don't know that for a fact, but obviously the Chiefs were not happy with with Kareem Hunt. Look, we know Andy Reid's a guy who believes in second chances. Um, so, you know, it's it's not impossible. Um, no way they let go of Chubb. People are talking about the Browns a lot. What are your Chiefs questions? Uh, Benjamin says, 800 yards sounds decent for a wide receiver too. He'll probably get more with Patrick at quarterback. It's very possible. I think whether, like how productive Juju Smith-Schuster is, Obviously, a lot of it depends on Juju Smith-Schuster and how he's able to perform. But it's also a lot up to the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, how are they going to play on offense, right? How consistently are they going to roll him out as the wide receiver, too? And how many consistent looks is he going to get? Or are they going to play it a little bit like last year where you had these guys rotating in and out. You had McCole Hardman, you had Demarcus Robinson, you had Byron Pringle, and they do like a wide receiver two by committee approach. If that's like, you know, you know Andy with his playbook and he's got that, he's got that giant <laughs> looks like the looks like the Waffle House menu or whatever it is, you know, giant menu of of plays that he stands on the sideline with, they're gonna be looking at that and and they like to have a lot of different packages. So when they're trying to get certain kinds of matchups. They've got different personnel packages that they'll run in at the receiver position. So it really depends, I think on how much, you know, Juju is on the field and then the way that teams are playing them, but the opportunities are surely going to be there for whoever is the steady wide receiver. Number two for the Chiefs, because you have to account for your absolute. It's like, it's suicide to play man coverage against Tyree kill. And it's, it's not very wise to play the same against Travis Kelsey. Uh, our guy, uh Stacy, Smith, former Arrowhead Attic contributor, says, "I think Smith Schuster will command the most wide receiver two targets of any receiver since the Reed regime started." I, look, I agree, and you know all you need to to probably you know what are the clues, what are the things pointing you in this direction, and the biggest one, of course, is the contract that they just gave him. It's one year, ten million dollars contract. Uh, I'm not sure if there are incentives built in or how that's working out. I'm I'm here and I'm not on Twitter, so if you guys have more details. If more details are getting uh, tweeted out, hit me with them here. Um, Benjamin says they got to run the football more often. Absolutely. I agree with this hundred percent. The way that teams are playing them, they should be able to just eat teams alive on the ground. Um, they've got to do better there. Andy should know that. I don't know a tiger. They say a tiger doesn't change stripes, but look, they've got a whole off season to analyze what happened to them last year, the way that teams have played them. And they've got, all this time to get in the lab and reload. And hopefully they're going to do just that. Um, let's see. Uh, where, did the nar- where did the narrative of Nyang not being good come from? He was a solid injury. He was solid before injury. It's on- the only injury that's... Uh, blah. <laughs> it's the uh, it's only the injury that is concerned at right tackle. That's from Nate S. Yeah, I want to talk about Nyang for a second. So listen, last year was his first year starting. Um, that's something that's really important to remember here. He looked a little shaky at times, right? If you're, if you're going up, I mean, if you're an opposing defensive coordinator and you're looking at that line and the way that they were playing early, on, especially with Smith and Creed Humphrey, you got Joe Tooney and you got uh, uh, Orlando Brown over there. Who are you going to attack? Well, I'm going to attack the, the guy on the right side, who it's his first year starting in the position. So, um, the injury is a concern. Hopefully he can get back and stay healthy. But the Chiefs have really liked him. I think they would be wise to continue to find more depth there. But what did they do? They went and they brought back Andrew Wiley, who I think, frankly, the way he played down the stretch for the Chiefs last year, I, I see no reason why he shouldn't be, at least in the conversation, in the competition to start at right tackle. He did an excellent job. If you can upgrade, maybe you want to do that. But this is a very solid off- offensive line. Wiley got a lot of snaps with them. Yang provides some great depth uh, or potentially as the starter. And then Wiley provides the depth. So I don't think you're in a panic if you're the Chiefs about your offensive line right now. Maybe you also look for some value late in the draft. There was a they were rumored to have a, they, they interviewed at the combine. Uh, his name escapes me right now, but a gentleman who, who played tackle at Illinois all four years. Um, so, you know, maybe that's a guy that they bring in as a depth piece for a swing tackle. Let's see what else we got here uh Stacy people forget Nyang was essentially a rookie in 2021 that's absolutely right he had not played um he was doing just fine with a a lot of scrutiny there early in the season and remember the Chiefs weren't playing so great either early in the season um so you know take what you will from that but everything's got to be working together who knows what Nyang would have been playing like like you know if he was if he was healthy um and in the playoffs um what cornerbacks do you like? I got I to gotta do my study in Charlie on the cornerbacks. I don't have a good handle on the cornerback market right now. That's on me. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs, that's priority. I think for me, like, it's it's, it's edging cornerback now, right? That's, that's what they've got to be doing is, is is shoring up those positions after some of the departures. Well, um, <laughs> Rod says, Yang and trash. I think that's a little harsh, man. I think that's a little harsh. Maurice Brown asks, what's up with Kyle Long? Not sure if Kyle Long is going to be back or not. Um, obviously, he was coming back after a layoff. Uh, then he was injured all season. Never really hit the field. <clears throat> Those are guys that, like, you know, they're depth pieces you can bring in. If he still wants to play and he looks good, sure, the Chiefs could give him a look, but they could probably find a suitable replacement that's maybe younger and a little bit less of an injury risk to be a backup, you know, interior lineman for them. Uh, Stacy says, Wiley nails down, Uh, was nails down the stretch that 2.5 million extension is going to prove to be a big steal I agree he played really well he played really well for the Chiefs do do you remember thinking about Andrew Wiley a lot second half of the season if the answer is no that means he was doing his job um Benjamin says if Juju has over 1,000 yards that's a good first year that's a damn good with with if Kelsey and Hill play the whole season and Juju has over a thousand first yards I'll be doing backflips are you kidding me that would be absolutely fantastic that you're still going to be getting targets for, for Hardman and some of these other guys. So yeah, give me a thousand yards for Juju all day. Um, let's see. Uh, so he says, Oh, hell no. Wiley was our starter, but he was a pressure sieve against every, uh, everyone, but Max Crosby. Uh, he barely getting through the snaps upright at all. I disagree with that. I disagree. I thought he played very well. He held up. Uh, was it pretty all the time? no he wasn't there were pressures that were given up but i I thought he did i thought he did a really nice admirable job stepping in there and he was better i think than he was the year before when he had to do that so he's continuing to improve what does he look like next year again this is not what happened last year is not necessarily an indication of what's going to happen this year you generally have players trending in one direction if they're not too old if they're older they're usually trending in the other way but like Next year, think about that offensive line. Is Creed Humphrey going to be worse in his second year? It's possible. Is it likely? Probably not. What about Smith? Is he going to be worse in his second year? Possible. Probably not likely. Orlando Brown Jr., second year in the system, comfortable with his offensive line mates. Same thing for Joe Joe Tooney, who played, by the way, with a broken hand and had the, the club on there for a large part of the season. was absolutely tremendous. The offensive line should be, by all intents and purposes, much better than it was last year, and it was excellent last year. So that's good news. Again, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Patrick Allen. My co hosts are all doing things that apparently they think are more important than updating you guys on the Chiefs. Got to give them a little rib there. We're brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company at Casey Beer Co. on Twitter. Give them a shout. And of course, if you want to join us for Happy Hour on Monday, look into being a member of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. All the information you need is in the description. And of course, If you want some gear, we've got some really great Arrowhead Attic podcast gear that you can find link in the description as well. Uh, Let's see. Gary H. says, question, will you have a podcast during the first round of the draft so we can all argue about who we should pick? You bet your ass we will. We will be live during – at least some of us will be live during the draft. And Even even maybe if the Chiefs trade out of the first round or something, we may still go live just in case they might – Trade back in, and we could talk about the landscape and and, and how that uh, is impacting everything. Mike in Sweden says membership is well worth it. Appreciate you, Mike. We have a I can't tell you, we have a blast in the Discord. We're not just talking Chiefs in there. There's a great Chiefs channel. Uh, if you're not familiar with Discord, I wasn't really before we started doing this. It's sort of a little similar to Slack in a way. It's a big chat room. You can do voice chats. We've got all kinds of different channels in there. There's a tavern. There's a movie channel, the AA Cinema. Um, there's just, it's great to hop on there anytime you're bored and like keeps me off bullshit, like TikTok and stuff like that. I go in the discord and, and talk about like my favorite movies with our friends here at the Arrowhead Attic podcast. It's a lot of fun. Um, let's see, uh, what do we got in the chat here? The NFC is going to fall apart. All the talent and the AFC says Matt Mortimer. Yeah. Isn't that crazy y'all? I mean, my God, the AFC is just absolutely stacked. I mean, I can't. I can't remember a bigger power imbalance in my lifetime in the NFL. There were some years there where the NFC was really really stacked with the you know with the Cowboys and the 49ers and some of those teams. Washington was really good there for a stretch, but I mean they look, we, it's all going to take place on the field, right? But the players that the chief, that the Chiefs and the other teams have, and particularly the AFC West is absolutely crazy. Um uh, Sean says, uh, Sean Wilson says, Patrick, I've always wondered if the bookshelf is really leaning. Yeah, um, they were built by the guy who used to own this house, so they're screwed in at the top, but they kind of come down. I guess it's over here. They come down uh, like this, so it, it is kind of leaning. It's got a little bit of a curve to it. They're kind of cool. I'm probably going to move some of them around, but I got a damn leak that I'm dealing with right now, unfortunately. So before I can renovate the office in here, I got to fix that, and I can't find anybody to fix it. It's a big pain in the ass. If anybody's a roofer. I'll buy you beer Um, if you're in the Chicago area. Um, Everybody's worried about us bringing back Sorensen, says Straight Savage, uh, while we have his clone in Zay Anderson. Uh, Yeah, look, I don't think Sorensen's coming back. It's end of the line for for Dirty Dan. He obviously lost a step last year. Um, He is a liability. They had to hide him. But they do like to have those three safety looks. And so they've got Armani Watts it's going to be interesting to see like Vertor floated this. And I don't think this is going to happen. And I don't think he does either, but he was like, could Tyron Matthew come back to the chiefs? I don't think that's going to happen. uh, Now that they signed Justin Reed, it would just be too much money. Like, unless he came back on some insane deal, which he's not going to do. He, now that the chiefs have 10, 10 million or so, whatever uh, committed to, to Reed, they're not going to, they're not going to be able to afford to bring back Tyron Matthew for like a luxury safety. To, to go, I mean, now if they had him and they had Thorin Hill and, and, and Reed and Matthew out there, it'd be absolutely incredible what they could do with that. Um, but unless that's like somewhat their answer to the cornerback situation, I, I just I don't see it happening. Um, doesn't make sense. Some other team out there is going to give Tyron Matthew more money than the Chiefs are, are going to be able to stomach now that they've, or maybe even just flat out be able to afford. Um, And and frankly, I think it would be a little bit of malpractice on the Chiefs part because we've said they need help at corner, they need help at edge. So they've got to get better there before they add a third luxury safety. Um, New York Chiefs fan says, uh, gives great flexibility for draft and remainder of free agency. Edge, absolutely. Now that you've got Juju locked up, look, they can still create more cap space. The Frank Clark restructure... Opened up a little bit of space for the chiefs. They're still snug up against the cap, especially now with the Juju deal, but there's the Mahomes thing that they can do. So they can uh, convert some of Mahomes base salary into bonuses that spreads it across the remaining years of his contract. And then there's the Tyree kill restructure, which I think is close there's been reports that it's close. Uh, Well, it hasn't been ready yet, but as soon as they do that, that's going to open up space for the chiefs as well. And then of course, There's the draft. Cole says Juju's a shell of his former self, not a stud anymore. Uh, Questionable move. Chiefs fan since 92. Welcome Cole. You've been through it, man. Uh, That was a good time to get in on the chiefs there in the nineties. And congrats for sticking it out during the, uh, the aughts there where things in general were not so good. Look. um, Yeah. I, I disagree that Juju's a shell of himself. I mean, he hasn't played great, but also, again, he's <laughs> he can't throw himself the football. So the, the, the offense in Pittsburgh went through a major, major transition. Remember, last year, they were handing the ball off to Najee Harris, who's a very talented rookie running back, a million times. So what does that say when your like offensive philosophy is, we got to give the ball to our rookie running back as much as we possibly can? And they've got talented wide receivers in Pittsburgh. Juju among them. Well, he was among them. Um, I think that tells you what you needed to know about what they thought about Ben Roethlisberger's ability to get the ball to the receivers. And you guys saw him twice last year. He was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. So um, I think Juju's going to have a, a, a revival of a season. If he doesn't, it's a swing and a miss on the part of the Chiefs but they needed more depth at wide receiver. They needed somebody who could compete for the wide receiver two position, and it's a one-year contract. So if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and they're out of it after this year. So not a lot of long-term pain. And if it does work out, well, then they'll have some decisions to make at the wide receiver position as they start to move money around. Um, Dan, the man says, uh, Dan man says, how was Juju supposed to thrive with Big Ben? Yeah, ben was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. Um, somebody was asking, why haven't the Chiefs pulled the trigger on the Mahomes restructure yet? I think that's a good question. I think if I had to guess, Veach just felt like he didn't need to do it yet. Um, You know, he, he knows he can do it. He probably hasn't worked out with Pat and his agent because every time they do that, that's just those signing bo- or those salary bonuses, are, those are guaranteed. So You know, when they convert, like now, if they were to cut, like your base salary is not guaranteed if you get cut. So guaranteed money is all that matters in these contracts. And whenever they convert that, they would never cut Mahomes. But that's why players are always happy when they're always usually happy to, to do that conversion to assigning bonuses um, or to roster bonuses, whatever you want to call them, because that guarantees the money. And what you you need a rich owner to do those types of things. And Clark Hunt is very rich um, because, when they do that the the owner has to put that money in escrow because even though that spreads it out so like he won't get it it, it spreads it out across the remaining life of the contract it's guaranteed so you know you, for it to like be legal and all that and with the with the salary cap rules Clark Hunt's got to put that money in escrow so that's a lot of money to put in escrow um so that's a great situation for the Chiefs why haven't they done it yet to just open up that cap space i think maybe Brett Veach is just i said this yesterday on the podcast maybe he has a lever to pull and he's like, well, I'm gonna pull, I've pulled the Frank Clark restructure lever. So now I know how much money I have. And I know I want to target Juju Smith Schuster or Jarvis Landry. And I, I have an idea how much I'm willing to pay for those guys. So I've got the space, and you know, they're on the market and those are priorities for me. And I'm going after them. And once I'm able to make that move, I've got that lever, the Frank Clark lever pulled. Now maybe the maybe they're looking at Zedarius Smith and they're like, we like this Zedarius Smith. We're going to try to lure him to Kansas City. We know he's going to cost a lot of money. We need the Mahomes restructure to get the money for that. So when, if that becomes a possibility for them, they'll pull the Mahomes lever, sign Zadarius, and they're good. Or maybe they've got to do the Mahomes restructure and the Tyree kill uh, thing. But you know, if they've got it all worked out with Mahomes' agent and Mahomes and everyone knows it's fine and they can do it, there's no reason to pull the lever early unless you think it's keeping you from getting somebody. Um, but if, if somebody's going to agree to sign with you and you need to open up the cap space after that, you could pull the lever and do it. So maybe that's just kind of the way um, uh, Mike, Mike in Sweden says it's only five years forward. Yes, that's correct. I, I've been misspeaking. Mahomes has that long contract, it is only five years forward, but he has such a long contract that each year they buy another year. Right. So they can keep kicking that money down the line each year because it goes as, this, as it goes on five years into the future. Um, so that's the explanation for that. But yes, thank you for the correction on that. They're not spreading it out across all 10 years. It's over the next five years. But then there's the base salary for next year that they can kick the can down the line. And then, of course, remember, the salary cap is projected to go up drastically when the new TV money comes in. Over the life of, of the Mahomes contract. So that was another calculation that the Chiefs made when they signed him. They're like, hey, we uh we know the salary cap's gonna go up. Let's lock this guy in now. Let's lock him in for a long time. And then boom, it doesn't look like such a big cap hit further on down the line. Against the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, my name is Patrick Allen. We're talking Juju Smith Schuster to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, just as we're kind of wrapping things up here, you know, we'll have more later in the week. If you've got any last questions, get them in now because my throat's starting to get dry from talking solo for fifty-six minutes. Um, uh, you don't need Patrick's input or anything to convert. Patrick Patrick has no say in it. Nate says, "I think Patrick Mahomes has a say in everything. Um, if you're going to be doing these types of things, it does impact him, right? So um, I'm not I'm not doing anything if I'm Brett Veach without talking to Patrick Mahomes." Um, Luke says drink a beer then I'd love to keep it going. Um, but got some other work to do as well. Uh, can we make a trade to the 49ers for Bosa? No, no, we can't, uh, not going to be able to afford Bosa. That'd be great though. That'd be incredible. Um, watched him play in college. Um, where in my, I'm from Ohio. Um, uh, that'd be great. Is getting miles Garrett a possibility if we go all in for a trade again, red, just where's the money going to come from? Um, I don't have his cap numbers in front of me, but I mean, he's one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. I just, I don't know where the chiefs, the chiefs are going to get one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. They're going to have to do it by drafting the person. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's just going to be really hard. They're, they're, they're trying to open up, they had to open up space so they could sign Juju Smith-Schuster to a $10 million contract, getting some of these guys, the, the premiums that you have to pay for them. I think I really think they're going to go hard in the draft. There's, like I said, there's a lot of pass rushers in this draft, and um, the Red says we can we can uh, make everyone restructure and pull some magic stuff out. Look, yeah, I mean that's a dream, right? But it's 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 probably a a, a dream. Um, Clint McKenzie's got to go. Thanks, Patrick. The glasses look good on you, by the way. Go Chiefs. I appreciate that, Clint. I appreciate that a lot more than the. Um, why do you look ten years older? on this this stream than you do on your on your profile picture on twitter i look that picture was taken in 2020 october of 2020 during the pandemic so um uh oh he said i look older in that pic oh so i misunderstood oh okay i look younger well all right well i take back everything i said um i did look kind of distinguished in that picture uh you know actually i had actually just gotten out of the hospital i had some kind of weird uh they think it was a blood infection so I lost some weight, which necessarily wasn't a bad, uh, but I was in the hospital for a number of days. It was a pretty stressful situation, a pretty scary situation too, by the way, because they didn't know what it was. and They were running all these cancer tests and every, all the other scary stuff on me, sonograms of my heart. And my wife and I got out and we went apple picking. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe I was scared into looking a few years older in that, um, or maybe it's just the, the hoodie. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, you guys can always feel free to talk about how much younger I'm looking. I'm 38, by the way. Um, so, uh, Christian says, uh, Boye Maffe on my radar. Yeah, Christian. So, uh, Vertiram and I covered the Super Bowl this year, and we went out to, to Thousand Oaks uh, to the former Mamba Academy out there, and we actually watched Mafe, um, Aiden Hutchton, and some of those other guys that were working out out there, top prospects, work out. And uh, he is, real, first of all, a really nice guy. I got to meet him, shake his hand, vertebrae him, talk to him for a little bit. Really nice guy and uh, just an absolute monster. Absolute monster. We were watching these guys do, uh, you know, they were doing planks with like 135 pounds of weight on their back. Well, um, i tell you what, it, it really, it really, it, you go watch those world-class athletes, you know, work out. I mean, I'm just a shade under 6'1", uh, about 200 pounds. And you go, like – I don't, so I don't usually feel small. I mean, I'm standing there next to the cornerbacks, and I'm, and I'm like, Jesus, man, those guys are enormous. They're in incredible shape. If you ever need motivation to get out there and work out, go watch some professional athletes in the gym. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll light a fire under your ass. I promise you that. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Brandon. Um, thoughts on Jordan Davis from Georgia or Wyatt? Brandon, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not familiar with either of those two players still doing my draft prep here. Um, so got to dive in, but we'll get an answer for that. Uh, d- d- come back. You don't have to super chat us again, but come back and let us know. Um, remind us of that question. We'll be back at Verderham and I on Thursday. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll look up those guys and, and get an opinion for you. Um, uh, Jamie Boy says, I would love Mafia. Yeah. I mean, just like I said, absolute monster, New York cheese fan, Juju, forts and Tyreek and Trav That's strong. I agree, man. That's, that's looking good. Uh, Mighty Sphinx has got some info for us. So apparently, Juju's contract comes down to three million in base value, the rest incentives. Uh, <clears throat> Sphinx or anybody out there, can you let me know who who tweeted that? Where'd that info come from? Uh, so we can verify it for anybody that might be listening. Look, man, that's fantastic. If that's the case, if it's a three million base with the ten million incentives, look, I mean, you gotta have the money for the incentives. But I like that's great. Um, if he doesn't perform. It saves you a little bit of money. Our oh, Mike Garfalo. Okay, so then that's uh, appreciate the the info, Sphinx. That's fantastic. Um, let him go out there. You want to incentivize him. He, as as some of you have pointed out, he's had a couple of rough seasons. Whether you want to put that all on him, you want to put some of it on Roethlisberger, maybe a mix of both. You're incentivizing him to come out and perform, and that's a lot of upsize, man. Uh, Three million to get up to ten by playing well. That's a hell of a lot of incentive for Juju to go out there and rock it. And again, as if he didn't have, remember, he's not just playing for those incentives on this one year deal, going to be 26 at the end of the season. He's got potentially millions and millions and millions of dollars on the line in long-term security. If he could come out there and ball out for the chiefs this year, whether it's the chiefs who pay him or another team, once he hits the free agent market, Um, he's, he has all the incentive in the world to go out there. And also it's not, not, uh, not bad to get 3 million bucks for your troubles either guaranteed. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Sphinx says, if we could just run the damn ball now, the offense is golden. That's what it comes down to, right? We actually have a great run the damn ball or run the ball, uh, special emoji in the Arrowhead Addict members only, um, discord uh, along with some, some other things. Um, all right, before we get out of here, one of the things that we like to do, on the arrowhead Attic podcast when, when Verter Amazon, you know, we talk about beer, we like to talk about food. Uh, and our big thing is breakfast cereal. So if you're, if you're interested in this sort of thing, if you're not appreciate you checking out the stream, but for our hardcore folks out there, wanted just to throw a, a, a little, a little bowl at you for some cereal chat, um, big breakfast cereal, terrible for you, but so delicious. What's everybody's favorite breakfast cereal. And I'm giving you permission to exclude the goat of breakfast cereals and cinnamon toast crunch. Cause we all know cinnamon toast crunch is the greatest breakfast cereal of all time. It's absolutely incredible. Um, so yes, the, the Evan, Evan's one of our members cereal chat in the discord is great too. We, we talk about those things. We do reviews. If somebody finds some new crazy breakfast cereal out there, um, uh, Jay Ward, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, obviously, aside from Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Um, what's your favorite? I, you know, We've done some rankings and some lists on here before. Um, CT, CT Crunch is clearly the goat. I'm a huge peanut butter crunch guy. I love that. Evan with the Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops is underrated. I really like Fruit Loops. My dad, when I was growing up, would always buy like the cheap like uh, off-brand Fruit Loops, and it always tasted like uh, like Pine Salt to me. Not that I ever drank Pine Salt, but what I imagine Pine Salt would taste like never never liked captain crunch mike and sweden absolutely great gary says honey nut cheerios that good underrated one man honey nut cheerios is absolutely solid uh j ward Cocoa pebbles or captain crunch man i love Cocoa pebbles i just love i love all the pebbles because I, I something i have some weird thing i really love the texture of it when i'm eating it, it stays kind of crunchy uh, but i'm a fruity pebbles guy love a bowl of fruity pebbles and it's like I always fill up my bowl. I I eat way too much. I can eat a fruity, a box fruity pebbles in about two bowls. Um, uh, cocoa pebbles also great. Uh, Tony, the tiger. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, my dad would never get me. He would never get me frosted flakes. When I was a kid, my mom didn't want me to have all the sugar, but I would just, I jokes on them. I would just dump a pound of sugar on it from, from under the, (laughs) the cabinet there and make my own frosted flake. Lucky charms. I got to say really high up on my list. Lucky charms. I bought some back when we had our office open and I was eating it every day. I had a real hard time passing up on it. So damn good. Love the marshmallows and the lucky Charms cereal. Uh, Remember alphabets. Do they still make that? Didn't they come out with like alphabets with, with marshmallows too? It was like, it was like when the lucky charms, um, (laughs) or fish. It says bacon. Absolutely. Uh, fruity pebbles with marshmallows. Oh, now you're speaking my language, Dan. I mean, you get you start getting the the fruity pebbles with the marshmallows. Um, y'all smoking dope. C- cookie crisp is the best. Will Stanton, man, cookie crisp is just like the most obscene cereal, isn't it? Just little cookies in a bowl. Here's your breakfast. Um, yeah, absolutely. That that's the stuff you got to buy when you're an adult. You know, once you have your own freedom to to purchase the things that you want. Um, Bush beer and Cheerios, hilarious, Jim. Um, Peanut butter Captain Crunch. Can eat it like popcorn uh did i ever tell you guys a story i think i've mentioned it on the podcast i once i i I used to sleepwalk not so much anymore i do have the night terrors every once in a while which my wife really appreciates once i got up my dad worked midnights for years he's a truck driver uh actually about to retire here's his last year of work shout out to bob allen um so uh one night i got up and i was sleepwalking and i went downstairs and i poured a bowl of peanut butter crunch and it was the last of the box and I, I went back upstairs and, and, and I, I ate, I ate it in bed and put the bowl down and went to sleep next morning. I get up, I go downstairs and I threw a holy fit because the peanut butter crunch was gone. And I thought my dad ate it before he went to work. And I was yelling at my mom and stuff about it, being a little brat. I go upstairs, I see the bowl. And then I had this memory got triggered of like being really tired and sitting in my bed, just like wanting to finish the cereal. So I could go back to sleep like not knowing what was going on. Absolutely hilarious story. Um, I'll go one step further here. Uh, Once I got up, uh, we had some ants in the house and we were treating the upstairs and I was sleeping on the downstairs floor and I was sleepwalking. Anybody ever do anything crazy like this? I walked the same route I would have to the bathroom through my dining room into the pantry. And I pissed in the vent on the floor. Woke up at the end of it. Uh, Yeah. Not proud of that. Not my proud moment, but I don't know if any of you sleep suffer from sleepwalking. Sometimes you do some wacky stuff when you don't know what's going on. Um, Count chocula says Smith, of course, and Frankenberry. I've got some Frankenberry still in my cabinet from October. Have you ever looked at the calories on that shit? Jesus, I mean it's it's absolutely terrible for you. So I was, I'm, I'm rationing it. Um, of course, Count chocula should be made a year round cereal. It's it's my second favorite cereal uh, with with cinnamon toast crunch. Um, God, it's just so good. The marshmallow with the chocolate, you always get the, the chocolate milk at the end. Um, boy, this went on longer than I thought, but you guys are into it. So um, honey bunches of oats is good too, says Gary. That's a good one with the, the clusters, right? Kind of sweet uh, clusters. I haven't had honey bunches of oats in a long ass time. Um, you know what? Another underrated cereal I think is Life. I don't know if you guys like Life cereal, um, but uh, like the Cinnamon Life especially, absolutely fantastic. Waffle cereal um, from David. Yeah, yeah, the waffle cereals are really good. Or whatever, they get that like the, the syrupy flavor in the cereal. Um, honey bunch of uh, bunches of votes is incredible. Says J Word. Uh, again, I have, have to get. I have to get some honey bunches of votes. <clears throat> Does anybody out here? I got a question for you guys. Does anybody out there like grape nuts? Uh, I had grape nuts once. That's what my my grandma had in her cabinet. It's like gravel. It's like a bowl of gravel cuts the roof of your mouth. Absolutely terrible. Um, it's like an old person cereal. I don't anybody out there like grape nuts or has anybody even had grape nuts? Um, oh, honeycomb Honeycomb's good. Um, Stacy says, grape nuts. You might as well eat the box. Agreed. Um, life for the wind says David. Wheaties better. Wheaties are okay. I can get in a Wheaties move every once in a while. Raisin brand, raisin brand crunch. <clears throat> I got to say, I'm not a big fan of raisin brand. I don't like, I'm not a, I, I, I like raisins fine. I don't really want them in my cereal. Uh, they don't float. They're not really good. It's just, it's, it, I, I'm not a raisin brand guy. No no, 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 no. I'm not for it. Oh, Jamie Boy says, raisin brand's so good. Uh, Mike at Sweden, my name is Mike. He likes it. Hey, Mikey, if you're not familiar with that famous old school commercial for life, um, Gwen says, love you guys. Just can't understand. Uh, how such smart people can eat chocolate cereal. Shaking my head. Gwen, do, are you against chocolate, like, period? Or do you not like the way that, like, the flavoring in chocolate cereal tastes? I need more information on this because I am all for chocolate cereal. Not sure that I've ever encountered a chocolate cereal I didn't like. Grape night grape nut ice cream is delicious, Katie Hop. That's a thing? Holy shit. Uh, I gotta. I, I don't know. I'm. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna look into that. But I'm probably not gonna look into that. Um, <clears throat> if you want something that floats in milk, then you need Rice Krispies. But Rice Krispies get so soggy. Like I feel like their whole gimmick was the snap, crackle, pop thing, which of course they did. But then you're just eating like the soggy mush. Now, didn't they make Rice Krispie Treat cereal? I believe they did. And what I want to ask you guys is: Is the Rice Krispie Treat cereal more obscene? from like a calorie and just like terrible for you perspective, then cookie crisp, which one is, is worse in that situation. I'm probably still leaning cookie crisp, but I don't know, man, kind of cereal. I don't think I've ever had that apple Jackson, uh, with the cinnamon touch apple jacks is a good cereal. I like the, I like the, the, the texture that you get from that as well. My producer, Richard is probably going to kill me cause we're doing like 10 minutes of cereal talk, but there's still like 192 of you watching. Um, uh all right um somebody says Dan just says no I don't know what that's in, re- in response to um <laughs> keep going says, says Richard um I will clear this one out anybody ever have King Vitamin I talk about him on this podcast all the time cuz it's been around since like the 70s uh my dad used to buy King Vitamin is like off brand um Captain Crunch okay we're down to 156 now so people that came for cheese fan uh, cheese talk are tuning out King Vitamin Look like uh, somebody maybe you wouldn't want to leave your kids alone with on the front of the box. This is older actor. Check out. Do yourself a favor. Look up the King Vitamin commercials. They're just as creepy as the creepy old man on the box looks like. There's one where he's like, he's riding a horse around and he's got with these really little kids. It's just, it's just weird. Uh, Stacy says, man, everybody had King Vitamin when I was a kid. Um, and I always politely have saying, oh, there it is. There's K-. like, look at that. Richard put it up for us. Look at that. Look at his eyebrows. First of all. Okay. We're going to break this down. Are you able to move it to the side, Richard? So I can do like, if you, if you can, it's fine, but I'd rather you leave it up. If you can't move it to the side, um, the man's eyebrows, you can't, you can put it back up, put it back up. It's fine. I can move to the side. Hold on. Let me do that. Let me do that. Okay. All right. Look at this guy. So maybe it's easier if I go over here. So First, you got the, the, the creepy like old man eyebrow thing, which I didn't realize this. And if for all of you got yeah, you should have nightmares, Jamie. For, for all of you who are not like in your 30s or, or younger, if you're in your 20s, I didn't know this. Up until I was about 31, 32, my eyebrows were just like my eyebrows. I didn't do anything to them. Then once you get to be about 32, 33, it might be different for everybody. Your eyebrows just start growing like your hair. Just, mine just started growing straight out of my my head, um, and this is what can happen. King Vitamir is what can happen if you don't groom yourself. Look in the mirror, your ears too, and I'm sure he's got tons of hair coming out of his ears. He looks like an absolute creep, and like what's he have on his head? He's got the oh, the crown's made of spoons. I never noticed that before. There's a few different versions of the box too that you can find, Richard, with the live actor on it. Eventually they went to like an animated one standing ovation. Yeah. They animated King vitamin. Um, just, but like, what an absolute creep and he's even worse than the commercials. Um, as he got older, he was like a little less manic than he looks in that picture. Like he's like from the side and he looks like slightly more regal. Um, you know, you got to change with the times, but yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the King vitamin that I grew up with. Um, still creepy looking, He still has, I can't believe this is the first time of all the King Vitamin stuff that I looked at. Please put it away, I'm scared. Um, He looks like the drill sergeant for Full Metal Jacket. He does a little bit, you're right. Boy, that was a great performance as as an actor myself. But like, I can't believe this is the first time that I noticed that King Vitamin has spoons for the tip of his crown. But what does he have in the middle? Is that like some sort of weird checkered hairnet or something? Why, like, was he bald? Why doesn't he have, what is that? is it a napkin up there is it an upside down bowl can anybody make heads or tails that is a that is a that is a peloton in the back j ward uh if you're interested if you've got one if anybody wants to ride with me patty f13 on peloton uh is that pop euchre um it's jello says j ward yeah king vitamin super creepy guy um i i posted the uh the, the commercials in our discord all right everybody i i I gotta get a drink of water i gotta get out of here this has been a hell of a lot of fun though i can't believe there's still like 150 of you watching um this is this is an example of like what we like to do tablecloth i agree this is an example of like what we do in the discord and with bonus episodes that we produce for members and things like that so if you're interested check it out it's a lot of fun Uh, we like to get to know you guys and hang out with you and listen cross your fingers but we're working on crunch berries absolutely uh, we're working on something. We're hoping that we're going to be able to come to Kansas City at some point for a live show. We'd love to see you all out there if we do. Um, so check out the description for, for memberships, for all the information. Subscribe, follow us on YouTube. And if you, could have, if you want to help us out too, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review over there, a written review with questions, uh, chief's questions, serial questions, rankings, whatever segment ideas, you can leave them in your Apple review. We really appreciate it. We read all the reviews on the podcast, Jamie boy, look out, Patrick, uh, Arrowhead cereal. Oh, now that would be dope. That J word agrees. That would be dope. Let's get some Arrowhead attic cereal. Um, we're going to get you some sort of Arrowhead addict cereal design and we're going to put it in the store, um, in the Arrowhead attic store, which you can also find in the description. If you want to get some, we've got a dope ass, uh, Adidas golf hat in there. We've got some, some polos in there and a really good, there's like a really great champion, um, Arrowhead attic podcast, uh, hoodie which we'll be modeling for you guys soon. Can you come to Sweden, Mike? I don't know if we're going to get to Sweden. Actually, Sweden, you know, Mike, my wife and I are actually trying to plan a a vacation to, and Sweden is on our list. We were thinking about maybe the fall, but we got all these stupid repairs with the roof and stuff. We may not be able to go, unfortunately. And I know she's really bummed out, but you got what you got to take care of your house, right? You can't have water coming in on your head. Um, uh, By the way, there's a guy with a, Behind you with a spooned crown that uh, that's, that's my nightmareful tonight. I'm a big horror, horror movie fan. So, um, Cole just subbed the channel. All right, Cole, welcome brother. Uh, happy to see you around. All right, guys, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. We're at the one hour and 16 mark. You have been awesome. Uh, it's not easy to get through a, a podcast this long solo, and I couldn't have done it without you guys and your activity in the chat. Appreciate you. Uh, we will be back. And if the cheese make more, if the chiefs make more moves, We'll be back. I'm home all weekend. I'll jump on here. If they don't make any more moves, Tuesday, Sterling and Matt Connor will be live at 5 here on YouTube and everywhere else. And vergram and I will be back on Thursday unless the Chiefs make a move. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you as well. Uh, Mike's says, coming in the summertime uh, only. It's nice. We wanted to see... Uh, uh, we'll talk later, Mike. I'll, t- I'll talk to you in the Discord. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your support. We'll see you next week or maybe earlier. But until then, welcome Juju Smith-Schuster and as always... Go Chiefs.
1: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on.